Hey, Pro fans, thanks for your support. Whether you're subscribing to the podcast through iTunes, visiting pulpmx.com, streaming the show via the Stitcher app on your smartphone, or buying from our show sponsor, btosports.com, without you, we could not do this. You can still type M-A-T-T-H-E-S upon checkout at btosports.com if your order is $100 or more for a discount. Lastly, for some insider info and maybe a laugh or two, Follow Mathis's Twitter updates at twitter.com slash pulpmx. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chanceability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You left thinking or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the BTOsports.com podcast show, brought to you by RacerX, hosted by Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, as usual. With me on the line is a guy who knows a thing or two about filming motorcycle races, Troy Adamantis. What's up, Troy? Adamitis. Adamitis. I apologize. My apologies. So that happens all the time. All my uh, teachers would butcher my name on the first day of class. Yeah. Yeah, well. Uh, I'm used to it. I did the same thing. Um Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? What's what's happening in your world? Uh, doing great. I just had the last couple of weeks off. We just finished editing the TV show, The Moto Inside the Outdoors. It's our second season. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had eight episodes that were due. I mean, it was a 11-month process. It started, you know, yeah. basically last May, and we got our eighth, eighth episode done. It actually premieres this Thursday. And I believe it's uh, 7 o'clock or 10 o'clock, depending on your time zone. Mm-hmm. And TV. it's just a relief yeah. that, uh, that it's over. And, you know, we, we, did, we did the best we could. And it's just, it's just nice to uh, enjoy life for a while before the outdoors start again. Yeah, really. I don't know if anybody, if everybody doesn't have Fuel TV out there that hasn't seen these things, sign up and get it and watch this show. Um, <clears throat> this thing's going to come out on Friday, this, uh, this podcast show. Uh, okay. Maybe, whatever. Um, incredible incredible work behind the scenes you put in you've done all the great outdoors videos uh we'll get to some of that we'll get to some of the fresno smooth stuff which also i want to talk to you about but the inside the outdoors how uh how'd that come about i mean did you have all this footage from from the dvds and you're like let's sell this and package it did fuel come to you how did that deal come about well i've been trying to do something with fuel tv for a while this is uh last year what would Mm -hmm. that be before 2010 season started. And uh, I went to them, and I was trying to pitch ideas because, you know, back then, which is only two years ago, they didn't do any sort of racing. It was all freestyle motocross. Mm -hmm. 
so you know that you know they were doing a lot of stuff on the militia and a lot of stuff on Krusty and and uh, you know I just don't think that racing was something that was on their radar, something they thought was you know would fit into their network and to the the people that watch it because it's just it's just a little different, you know, it's a little bit more mm-hmm. serious, it's a little bit more of a sport instead of a lifestyle. Um, as, as far as they were concerned. And then there was a guy named Sean Tomlin. I went to him and I kept trying to pitch ideas. And then I said, you know what, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to pitch what I've been doing mm-hmm. for a long time. I'm going to pitch what I do best. So I'm going to say, hey, look, let's do something on racing. These guys are cool. They all have personalities. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a risky sport. It's uh you know, they have families to provide for, you know, they have, uh, some of them are kids that have parents of their own that they're dealing with. You know, everyone knows about this sport and yeah. the, the stories, and that it's, it's rich in stories. So I think that they looked at all the great outdoors DVs, and they said, well, if we can make something like this but turn it into a TV show format, I think we have something. Right. And, you know, they ordered six episodes, and we went out and uh, worked hard and did it, and we made it happen. We got a second season, and we're, we're hoping for a third now, but you yeah. just never know what what networks uh, are going to decide so we're right in that stage right now where we're hoping to get a third yeah so so, so the third season isn't uh isn't a sure thing not a sure thing at all as a matter of fact okay. you know it, it airs so so late you know this was you know almost a year ago that we shot this stuff and yeah. then it takes forever to edit and then there's you know you have to turn stuff in three months ahead of time so the, but by the time this airs you know there's probably three weeks to go before the next season and yeah. they have to get feedback they have to look at the reviews they have to see how it rated yeah. and all that stuff and so you're like, hey, you know, dude, you're like hey dude Sacramento's hang yeah. coming up <laughs> <laughs> so anyway it's just uh it's just kind of a waiting game right now and uh i think it'll land somewhere uh-huh. hopefully if not we always do the dvd every year i mean we do that since this will be our 10th season actually this is kind of like the wow. Yeah. A decade in the great outdoors. So yeah. this will be our 10th season, so we're definitely going to do that and at least, you know, get this stuff to our core fans mm-hmm. on DVD like we always do. Yeah, are those still selling well, the great outdoors and all that? Still doing well with those? You know, they they make their money back. Yep. It, it, you know, the, the heyday was back in, you know, in like the mid-90s or, you know, 2000s, early 2000s. Yeah. There was, you know, people were making a lot of money off these things. And, I think that it just kind of changed a lot, and you have to really, really, really fight to find a way to do it. The budgets have gone down, and now mm-hmm. basically it's something that we do because we love to do it. You know, no one's getting rich off it or anything, but it's just something. You know, it's, it's right. like everybody that's in this industry. There's just something pulls them in, and they just they they just have to do stuff. You know, there's yeah. not a huge amount of money going around, but it, it, it's just the nature of the sport. It just Right. pulls you in and makes you want to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. well, the, the 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 outdoor national package, I believe, fuels having some sort of roundup, weekly roundup of what happened at the races. So they seem to be embracing the racing a little more. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's awesome. I mean, I I, I dedicated my life to racing. You know, like I said, it's it's been almost ten years now. Right. I, I started off in freestyle and. You know, those were the videos that were selling at the time. And I, and for some reason, racing just kind of fit my personality more. I think mm-hmm. I was just, when I was growing up, I was more of a of a team sports guy. And I, I had a great time doing freestyle. But I think that something about the racing and the, and the, the families and the sacrifice and the way these guys have to train and be athletes 
all at the same time. It's mm-hmm. just, it just attracted me to it. So I, I think that the, the risk that's involved and I think that the, the reality of the sport and everything that goes into it, I think that, that the guys that fueled TV kind of started to see that too. And maybe yeah. they thought, hey, you know what? You see shows like that a lot. There's those boxing shows called 24-7 right, where, right. you know, it's like these professional athletes, you get to see their lives and you get to see how they train and how they live and you get to see them at home with their families. And, yep. you know, that's, that, that's a big, uh, uh, that was, that's a big inspiration to me to say, hey, you know, I think we could do something like this, uh, but with racing. So yeah. it just, it just, just kind of worked, you know. Yeah, the uh, I'm a big hockey fan, and the Penguins Capitals 24/7 series was uh, was a massive hit with all the fans. You know, they love yeah. that kind of stuff. And I mean, if you, if you need a season three, you could always just get Tony in a kayak again. I mean, <laughs> that that could that, that would do it right there. I mean, talk about just you know, I have to say, when a, when Mike went out that first season, when Mike went out with an injury, the 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 the, the quality of the of the laughs dropped dramatically. I mean, uh I love yeah. it. Loved it. Um, yeah, they were they were good. The lessies are good, right? That's quality. They are. Um, they, they don't stop providing. I mean, it, <laughs> they first. I mean, they're the hardest working people. Right. I I I, I mean, all these guys work hard, but yeah. they, you know, that's all they think about, and you know, they they get knocked on a lot. I mean, it's you know, they put themselves out there, so yeah. they're they're a huge target, and people can take their shots at them, but something about their integrity and that, you know, it's just, I don't know. I think people want to see them and want to see what they're doing next, you know, going to do next. Yeah. And this year, Tony took a step back, which, um, yeah, he told me that, you know, I, yeah. yeah, he decided that, you know, he said that, you know, people were coming up to him and, you know, asking him for his autograph and stuff like that. And I think he said, well, wait a minute, you know, this is, this is, you know, Mike's, this is about Mike, you know, Mike's the racer. And yeah, he did a really nice interview with us and said, "Hey, you know, I, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to do what I do, but I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to yeah. let Mike do his own thing." And I, I think that that was uh, both a problem for Mike and a and a blessing for him. But you right. know, it, it just what it did was it left the question is like, well, you know, it uh, is Tony. Does he need to be there? You know, does he need to, you know, run the show with yeah. Iron Fist? Yeah. And I, I think that. You know, that's always an interesting question. Does do those guys need to be partners, and you know, in order for Mike to be successful, or mm-hmm. can Mike do it do it on its own? And that's the kind of stuff that we like to cover and that we like to explore. You know, the relationship between the father and the son, and just the things that you don't normally see is what attracts me the most. And yeah, Tony and Tony and Mike are like, you know, doesn't get any better than that. I, I don't know. No, the. Uh, um... The uh, the universe comment at uh, at Colorado again just gold. I've talked to Tony about it, and uh, you know he it's amazing that um, these people kind of forget the cameras are there a little bit, huh? Yeah, you know that's the whole idea. They put that little right. wireless mic on you. You wore it back in the day. I and, did. You know, yeah. <laughs> you just uh, that's what you hope for. You you try to you just let it run and you hope that they forget it's there. And then when you're filming them, you, you try to stay back in the shadows. You know, you try to right. just sneak around and peek around the corner and almost just, right. you know, pretend, pretend that you're not there, or at least try to get them to be comfortable. And that's when you get, you know, the real stuff. Some of my favorite things and the stuff we always try to bring into the show is just after practice, you know, everybody mm-hmm. goes back, what, what's going on, you know, what are you thinking? And just that little chatter that goes back and forth. Yeah. 
I think people that are standing on the outside of the rig maybe look in and they see, you know, Reed with his shirt off and he's talking to, uh, you know, his mechanic or whatever, and they say, man, I wonder what they're talking about. And the, right. the fact that these guys allow us to, you know, film what they're talking about and, and they let us inside like that, I think that, for me, that's the footage that's yeah. that's gold gold as well, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and just the, uh, the, the behind the scenes and going to these guys' houses and taking a look at their programs and their training programs, hence the 24-7 thing, uh, is just phenomenal. You know, I... I uh, I can't tell you how many times people are like, hey, man, I remember you from the great outdoors. I, I can't even tell you it, all the time. I get it all the time. I, I guess I had a few memorable lines or whatever or you know, in, in, in one of the videos. And um, just really successful, those great outdoors DVDs, you know. Um, um, maybe not so much as much as now, not so much now as they were back in the day, but doesn't matter. There's, mm-hmm. Those things have moved some copies for sure. Um, yeah. So so no, no idea really from Fuel on, on – on, uh, what can people do to try to get a season three? Can they go to Fuel TV and fill out a comment card or something? We need to get this get this rolling. Uh, well, that's a great idea. Yeah. I think that I think if you did go on the site and maybe uh, you know wrote an email, I think that they do have a feedback do board or like a message should. board or if anybody wanted to get on Vital and talk about it. I mean, I, I know that they check all sources and they check all the the industry news to probably see you know right. watching and what people think about, but yeah. You know, I I've seen some stuff from uh, from some of the fans and the message boards, and it's it's all been pretty positive. And I, I just think yeah. that uh, if that information can get to those guys, it would be good. But you know, I I yeah. I, I really don't know. I think that uh, it all right. comes down to ratings, money. You know, when you're dealing with the network, yeah. you know, it's just it's just different. It's it's yeah. it kind of what's going to sell. There's a lot more to it than just producing a good product is what you're saying, right? I mean, you could make, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. You see great. I mean, some of my favorite shows that have been on networks, you know, they just, they don't show up again for the next year and you wonder why. And I think (laughs) it's because, you know, especially in a passion and a niche thing like this. Right. right. I mean, uh, you know, you just never know. I mean, who knows? Like you mentioned the hockey thing, the 24 seven hockey thing with capitals. That was, for me, that was brilliant. That was about as good as it gets, you know, just to, yeah. And it made me want to know more about hockey. You know, I just right. I became a hockey fan. I, um, yeah. What was that guy? Who's that guy for the Capitals? Ovi. Ovechkin. Yeah. Name? Yeah. Ovechkin. Yeah. Yeah. Ovechkin. Yeah. That guy's a stud. He was like, you know, my hero after watching that. You know, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And no. then you know, so it's just it's just one of those things. But but it is it is small. It's not like a huge mm-hmm. a huge big you know showcase sport. It's small and and it's. It's a little niche, so you gotta just hope that there's people down at the network that kind of share the same passion and say, "Hey, you know, we want to keep doing this because I think that uh, I think that you know our audience needs to see this." Right. You know? One thing I wonder about, and because I've been on the inside of some teams and <clears throat> um, kind of know what goes on behind the scenes a little bit, how was the the teams and riders' cooperation with you for doing this kind of stuff and putting this kind of stuff uh, out there? Um, cause you know, that's, yeah. that's what we need to have as a sport. We need to have everybody all in and be like, Hey, the only way we're all going to make more money and we're all going to get more popular is by all letting these guys in and show, show people our world. So, um, how, how is that? Yeah, that, you know, that's, that's a really, it's a great question. And I, I think you're onto something. I mean, if you want people to really invest themselves into it, I do think that they have to know everything. I feel like that the media, and you know, it's hard for a team, but the media does need all access, 
you know, the stuff that's going right. on, you know, as far as salary, as far as injuries. I mean, I don't understand why is it that we know how, you know, they say a baseball player, a football player, we know everything about them. We know how much they make. Right. Um, you know, they're they're all over the news. We, we, we know about them personally. But for some reason in our sport, you know, it's a really guarded, kind of protected yeah. thing. And there, there's a lot of secrecy. And, I mean, that's hard for a journalist, you know, especially when, uh, say, we're trying to prepare this year for uh, the outdoor season. Right. A lot of we don't even know who's riding really, you know. We do, and it's hard, you know. It, it's hard yeah. enough to say, okay, we're going to go in a new season. We're going to try to tell these stories. These, this is what we're going to focus on. But yeah, I think it's just I don't know if it's the economy, but, but part of me, it, it it's always been like that. It's it always been no. kind of a secret where they don't want each other to smell blood. You know, they they don't want to know that they're a wounded animal. They they you know, it's like a everyone wants to put on kind of a facade so no one knows their weaknesses and i i think that that's cool but it's also difficult to to really to get in and showcase and mm-hmm. to get people to to care about these guys and, and what they're going through because i think a lot of these guys don't want people to know what they're going through you know right. yeah i agree i mean the whole the whole hiding of injuries thing i mean i don't know i've talked to some riders that are like hey if i'm behind some dude and 25 minutes in and i know he's dealing with a hurt hand it's going to give me energy to to, to mm-hmm. catch him and i've heard other yeah. riders be like dude i mean this doesn't matter i'm riding my own race i'm riding as hard as i can yeah. and you know so i don't get the whole injury thing either and and, and that's what i wonder about because you do have incredible access for a lot of times and a lot of things so um you know some people get it right some some teams and people get it and they're all about it and it helps everybody in the long run i feel well, I think I think the reason why I get it, and that this is a policy that I have with all the riders and the families, is first of all, whatever happens on the track happens. I mean, that's I go there and we do, we all go, we film our job and we we film it how we see it. But what I don't think a lot of people know is when we go into their houses, when we, we go into their homes and we film them off the track, I have a policy to where if there's something that you don't like, or if there's something that I shouldn't be filming, I always promise them that they'll see the product before it comes out. Right, right. And, and I, I don't know if that's the right way to do it, and I, probably not a producers will do that, but it's mm-hmm. so small. If, if, if I went out and I did something with one of the riders and it made them look bad or made someone else look bad, and then it got out there because it was going to do good ratings, I'm afraid I'd never be invited back to that, yeah. you know, Absolutely. into their home again. So it's, it's a delicate balance, and there has to be a – a contract, not a contract, a handshake. Yeah. And you no, know, and I have to give them my word that if I come in and, and you know, come in and uh, turn the cameras on and roll in your everyday life, you know, if there's something that you don't like or if there's something you think is going to damage you, well, you're going to see it before anyone else does, and we could talk about it. Of course, I try to influence them. I say, hey, I think, yeah. and I know this is uh, not the best thing, and I know this is not the best way for people to see you, but it shows how difficult this sport is, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and like the same thing, uh, you know, Andrew Short, his bike didn't start at Texas. Texas. Yeah. That was at the races. It happened. It's just part of the sport. You know, there's technical issues. It shows people how heartbreaking it can be when a, when a machine fails. Right. And, you know, you can put all the work you want into it, but so at the races, you know, I just said, you know, I, I'm going to show that. You know, maybe this team isn't going to like it, but I think that that's all part of it. But if something happens at home, and I don't know, it's just a more of a respect thing. I just kind of want them to have a little bit more control over the situation. You know what? There hasn't been – there's been like two 
in all the shows that I've done, there's been like two little times, two silly things where I've shown a ride of the footage and they said, hey, that's not accurate, actually. It right. needs to, it to be more like this. And it was just a simple fix. So there really hasn't been anything where somebody says, no, you're not, I don't want that to get out. Yeah. Well, but it's, just, it's just kind of a, a, a security thing, and it, I think it makes the rider feel better, so I think that they, you know, allow me to come in and do this stuff. Yeah, yeah. At least, we, well, we had Tony. At least up till now. <clears throat> we've had Tony on the show I do on Monday nights, and uh, I, I know Tony well, um, and Mike as well, and <clears throat> it kind of blew. I said, Tony, like, what did you think of, of those guys um, putting you in the kayak and and, and maybe getting a little mad at Mike, and he and he was like, "Oh, I saw it. I approved it. They they showed it to me." And I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, to his yeah. credit, Tony's like, "Yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens, man." And he filmed it. That's what happened. I got I don't have a problem with it. It just blew me away. We just started laughing, and I was just like Tony's like, "Oh yeah, I, I approved that footage." <laughs> yeah, no, so, yeah, I think you know, I think that Tony understands that you have to. I mean, if everyone was like him, I think that, but, you know we would be in a different spot because I think he's like, look, man, the bad times and the struggles we go through is all part of what, what people should see. I mean, yeah. I think that he wants people to know how difficult it is to yeah. get a rider to the top of the sport. And I think, I think everybody wants that, but I mean, I think Tony is just a little bit more, mm -hmm. I don't know. He's just, uh, he puts himself out there, does, and, you yeah. know, he doesn't care. And if mm -hmm. it's bad attention, great. If it's, good attention you know great at least that yeah, yeah. It, it's it's showcasing the sport and, and the sport is getting popular off of it and i i think that's great yeah you, I, you know but we, we didn't we didn't put them in the in the kayak i, I don't think we've ever gone in and said hey we want to do something yeah. like this i think we just try to say what are you guys doing today what time are you going to be there we'll be there right and yeah. it, it's a little more like that so it just feels a little more real the stuff we do you know when, when we're at right. this guy's house we just want to capture it, what they're really doing it's funny because i've been i go to the races and i know what goes on behind the scenes yet i'm still very intrigued watching your show you know what i mean like you make it so that it's like wow this is exciting and i don't even know what happens <laughs> so well uh, to, you know. it, it is exciting and i don't think we're doing anything special all we're doing is saying can we please put a microphone on you because we want to just find out what happens and right. some some days you get lucky and something you know happens some guy you know like like say josh grant at uh colorado right beats dungy the only guy to beat dungy straight up and then you know crashes at the start and 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 ends up in 40th place and we have his father mic'd up right there on the uh right in the first corner right grant so you know we had mike grant mic'd up and it's just like we got lucky a few times, and and you know the incident at Colorado. We happened to be on Tony. Well, we knew that was going to be a crazy day, no yeah, matter what. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you didn't have to go far to see that. Um, yeah. Hey, but but you know uh, the 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 motorcycles video exploded with Krusty and Triple X, and it sort mm -hmm. of brought a whole new way to look at things and look at motorcycle jumping, and things got crazier and sillier and. Sort of those sort of came and went, and you were involved with that too, but those sort of came and went, and then you brought motocross into something um, way better than ever before. And I'm wondering what it is, like, there's been motocross videos before, before you, after you, but nothing captures the feeling like a Great Outdoors DVD or video. So what kind of techniques did, I mean, is it just you going, you being you, or did you say, hey, I need to, 
capture these bikes in a certain way because man, when the um, when the first Great Outdoors DVD came out, it was just a whole new way of looking at things, slow mo and wide angle mm-hmm. and down at the ground and do you know what I mean? Like, is this all stuff you consciously did and said, hey, I'm going to try to bring this in a new light, or is it just your deal, the way you just be you being well, you? Yeah, it's 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 really simple, and that what I did is I watched NFL films. Oh, yeah? Yeah, good one. I, I, I was a big NFL films guy. And, you know, they have a formula to where you can go and you can watch a football game mm-hmm. and you see the broadcast. Yeah. And then you go and you watch what MF, NFL films did to it and with the narration and with the story and with the slow motion. And they, yeah. no, in, you in, just you see it in a different way. And I, I basically, quote, unquote, borrowed yeah. that style and said, I think that we can apply this to motocross. I, I, my original plan was to try to do it with Supercross. I mean, that's right. what I wanted to do, I thought. Man, these guys, they have helmets on, they're in a stadium, yeah. you know, it's a yeah. battle, like NFL films, but but in motocross, I think that would be perfect. Yeah, I, you know, NFL films, I don't even think is really around anymore, but back in the no, it's still, 60s, um, 70s. Yeah, no, if you, uh, if you watch uh, Inside the NFL on Wednesday nights, they yeah. they go through every game from the eyes of NFL films. and That's the that's HBO show? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Showtime okay. now. Now it's Showtime. Oh, it's Showtime. But okay. uh, but it's it's a game with uh, within two minutes, everybody's mm-hmm. mic'd up, all the hits, all the all the grunts, and, and and then it's NFL film style, and I love it. I love it. I, I can't wait. It's my favorite okay. show of the football season. So it's still out there. But they they don't do like the like the hour shows where they would just go and you know no. go along. No. Yeah. No, they don't do that. Yeah, anymore. Okay, yeah, I know what you're saying. They do it, but in a much more shorter, and then right. it's like a talk show right. format with Collinsworth, and they say, hey, let's look back at this. Yeah, game, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it's the, similar to the NFL film styles, like from the 70s and 80s, that you, that was so good, you know? Yeah. You should get the same guy to narrate it, too, that, that Steve Sable. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we had a, um, a real classic narrator, actually, for, uh, you know, for the, the, the TV show has kind of even gone, you know, more back to that, to the NFL yeah. film style. Yeah. And uh, we had this classic narrator, but the network – thought that he sounded a little too mature for, you know, oh, for such yeah, a yeah. young audience at Fuel right. TV. So we did a search for uh, voices, you know, the right voice to narrate the show. And just, it's still a little, little edgy. And right, right. we went with like a hundred different, uh, um, listen to a hundred different voices. And finally I just said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just went and I, I, I Use my voice and did it, and I, you know, everybody said, "Okay, well, that that works." And I've, uh, yeah, I've been doing it ever since, and it's just, it's just been a lot easier That's for me just to go in and and do it myself. I really know? didn't know that was you. Seriously, it's really good. Yeah, it, that it that was me. Bit. I just, yeah. uh, I don't know. I just kind of just go in and do it and I, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with it because it's, I'm not a professional at it but I think that that's what the network wanted they wanted somebody that was right. not really really polished just kind of unre- unrefined and you know maybe just uh, knew the material a little bit more so it didn't sound like some know-it-all narrator kind of guy you know right. it'd be cool to have the guy be like the shifty sands of Southwick <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I I like that stuff, right, but it right. just didn't didn't fit with the audience. But that's originally how it was going to be. That's what you're okay. So yeah. all right. So back to back to that. So NFL films was big inspiration, yeah. and and really right. and really getting in that sort of mode. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. Because yeah, yeah definitely. You, you know the the in order to see how the bikes work, and in order to see some of the battles and how they're hitting the ruts and stuff like that, you just yeah. it's just. 
perfectly built for slow motion, this sport. And uh, mm-hmm. it's so colorful and with the dirt flying and with, with the airtime and, and, like I said, the ruts and how the, the back end of the bikes are moving around. It's just, you know, it's just perfect for slow-mo. So, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't even really know if uh, if it was going to be cool. I remember, you know, we were just doing videos with Kerry Hart and with, you know, guys from the militia and but all those guys back in the day, you know, Mike Metzger. And right. Those guys go out into the desert and they hit a jump. You know, that's amazing. That's right. incredible. And then I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to try to make a movie of guys just like, riding around a track all day. I don't know. I was, yeah. I, I just didn't know if it would work, but I think that, um, I think it's, I think it's something about the people and the fact that they have been doing this since birth. And it's something about the, the, the people of the sport that just makes it feel, I don't know, really, yeah. uh, organic, oh. natural, uh, blue collar yeah. kind of thing. No, so the, the how first, I could say it. first two or three that came out, I mean, they're just, I mean, I, I mean, they're all amazing. Don't get me wrong, but when the first two or three came, were just like a shock to the system. You know what I mean? Like you were like, "Wow, this is cool." You know what I mean? Um, similar mm-hmm. to, I imagine the freestyle guys thought when Krusty came out or Triple X or whatever, because yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of idea. It's just a whole new way of looking at it, and and uh, and it's great. And it just yes, and then sometimes you know, sometimes there's no music and it's sounds of crowd and screaming and. And bikes, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes there's cool music, and sometimes it's slow mo. It just seems like you have a knack in the edit. Is it you who edits them? Are you the editor? Over the years, we've had many, many different editors. Oh, really? Now there's there's a guy who his name's uh, his name's Nate Dog Nathaniel Scribner. He uh, yeah. he's still in college, and he's editing for for the show. He's editing all the great outdoors. Wow. He's editing the uh, so he's just some young kid that just he just got it, and I think he. Yeah. Uh, you know, right away he said, "Okay, yeah, I get the sport. I I know what the people are looking for. I know how to make this stuff. Yeah, I know how to tell a story. I know how to make this stuff look uh, exciting." And he's kind of brought more of like a of an edgier kind of youth feel to to my my style is a little bit more basic, a little bit slower. You know, let it breathe a little mm-hmm. bit more. And he, he's a little bit faster. And I think All that right. I think that that's what uh, that's what we need right now and it's it's been going really good i i have done a lot of editing yeah. but um that's that's the most difficult part of it i i prefer to go out and shoot and you know ask the writers questions and kind of mm-hmm. get the story and then when i come back to the editing room I, I just hand it to nate and i say you know you know what to do right for people who haven't seen troy out at the races uh by the end of the day you're worked <laughs> i mean it's a lot of work isn't it Hey guys, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com.
Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, you know, you're, you're the, you know, the first one there, last one, leave it. I yeah. mean, it's just like the mechanics. They, they get there even before I do and leave after I do. But it's like that feeling where you got, you got to go in, you got to get your story. You have, you know, one day to do it and you got all the stuff you got to go get. And I, I like it. I, I like being just completely wasted at the end of the day after race. It just, it makes me feel like, uh, like you did something, you know? Yeah, yeah, like I went into war with all the riders, you know. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I, it, not, nothing similar to that, but it's just, I don't know. And that, that's what, uh, I think that's why people like our stuff is because every single guy that goes out there with me and girl, Jessica being one of yeah, them. Yeah, Jessica's uh, um, almost all of them now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's the same thing. You just go in and you just, you just, you know, work your butt off and you come back, you know, dirty and sweaty and, and uh turn around and go home and do it all over again. It's just, it gets addictive, you know? Well, I can say definitely uh, the life of a, of a media guy is not the same as the life of a mechanic or yours. So, uh, it's <laughs> probably why I'm, right. yeah. Um, uh, I'm, and I'm guessing you couldn't do it in supercross promoters, uh, weren't pumped on that deal. They didn't want you doing it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I pitched it a lot to them and I, I think it'll happen one day. Maybe. I hope so. Um, I hope so but... Yeah. Yeah, you know, they, they have some really incredible uh, stories that always go on. I mean, it's been really exciting seasons, and mm-hmm. and it's just it's just built for for a, a series and a show, kind of like what we do with the outdoors. So, you know, and, and everything's, it, it's a lot easier to film, too. So, you know, it's in a contained stadium, yep. and everyone's right there. The outdoors, you know, you have to hike up hills, go all around. You can't see the whole track, you know, you, you know, things are happening over in this corner and you miss it, you know, when you're over in this corner. So in the stadium, I feel like it would be a, you know, a lot easier format to do, but I think that they have their way of doing things and and it's working and they're getting a lot of people in the seats. Mm -hmm. And I think they, they put their time into the, the TV race package and, you know, that's, that's just how they do it. And, and that's fine. But I, I really believe that a supplemental show and a supplemental thing like the moto could work really well with supercross too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, it, it's, it's their loss, but maybe they'll figure it out one day. I don't know, but, um, it's motocross's gain. No doubt about it. Is there, is there a favorite video of yours of all the great outdoors? Is there one that you just like more than the others? Like- yeah, there's there, there's um, you know the first one, I don't know. I just the first one kind of was is always special to me because I it was completely unchartered territory and I I didn't know a lot about the sport, so it was all just like a learning process mm-hmm. and all trial and error. And you know, I think the first scene um, in the great outdoors is kind of it's 
kind of what set the stage. It's like when the guys are talking about the starting line and the gate drops slow and, and the guys take off. I, I don't know um, if if I could ever replicate that again. And another yeah. thing is that you, I don't want to go back and keep doing the same thing over and over. I want every every year to be different. So right, I'm always right. trying to not do what we did last year, and we're always trying to make things different and mix it up. But that one is really special to me because it kind of started it all, and it was it was a risk. And I have to think first. I have to think is Jeff Sirwall, who uh, who has been the guy that's been behind this all along financially. And, you know, just support-wise, I mean, I, I remember telling him, hey, I want to do this. And he said, yeah, you know, let's go do it. And right. there's was, there was no questions asked. And this was when all the freestyle movies were a lot more uh, popular and right. selling better. Right. He's, he's a racer, so he, he you know, he got it. And I, I think that the reason why it's lasted this long, even through the good times and the bad and the economy and the fact that they're not selling like crazy, I just think that, you know, we all just we all want to go and do it again because if we don't, feel the same, you know, it'll be like right. an empty hole if, if we don't get to go out and cover the races, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know, but, exactly. Uh, Sirwall's one of the good guys in the industry. No doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, and, uh, I, I feel, oh yeah, and as far as, like, my favorite, so the first one, and then the other one that that I really liked is uh, one that we did on the Motocross Day Nations, it was called 60 Years in a Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was the one at Bud's Creek, and uh, right, right. Beasley, Jonathan Beasley, the owner of Bud's Creek, every time I see him, he's like, thanks for making that movie, man. <laughs> every time, it's been years. But I think uh, I think it captured, you know, it was Carmichael's last hurrah. Right. And it was my first motocross in nations, and there was just really good energy there, and Philip Poto, you know, did amazing. It was just uh, one of those perfect days, and... We were able to capture it, and I think that one's up there too. Yeah, you know, I don't think I as far as my favorites. I don't want to piss you off or nothing, but I don't think I saw that one. I, I remember it. I remember it, but I don't think I watched it. Um, we we made a lot of movies that no one's seen. I, I should see it because that's the one Tim Ferry won everything, if I remember in my mind correctly. So uh, Tim Tim Ferry was the hero of the day. Yeah, well, wait a minute. <laughs> no, he he was. That no. was the one in uh, in England where he did. No. We did one called the Battle of Britain. No, no, Troy. In my, in my world, Timmy's the hero of every of every race. Oh, I know, but I, I, I think that it's <laughs> no, the England... not without a good reason because yeah. he, he kind of is the hero. Yeah, in England, he uh, he put on a strong ride in the last moto after James fell there to uh, to to right. to uh, to save the country. Um, that's the way I look at it, anyways. So did did, did you but wasn't he wasn't he at the one in Buds Creek as well? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's yeah. The Buds Creek. He was strong. Yeah. He was fantastic. Strong there too. Um, the did you fire the guy the the Western guy the narration of that Western one? Uh, that was not that was not my voice by the way. No, I know that one was not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that one might have missed the mark. Do you think? <laughs> Well, that was that's my whole problem with I was trying to do something different and do something <laughs> yeah, I admire that. new. Right. I mean, it, it just basically what it did is it just sent me backwards another two years. And at any rate, all the success and all the compliments I got from the first one, <laughs> I think a lot of people were like, "What is this?" Um, and I, I thought, "Man, I, I really did it this time." Were you, but are it you did being sell pretty good? Are you being I think serious? If I just would have not had that Dukes of Hazard guy in it, I think a lot of people yeah. were like. Oh, so you're being a little serious. It 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 definitely like more I was just kinda kidding. It didn't work that great, but you're saying it really didn't work with some people. Oh, people hated it. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, people yeah. people thought that it, it made the sport look redneck. 
and it made it kind of go backwards and not look like a cool sport because I did this kind of Western right. Uh, right. cowboy kind of theme. And my whole thing was like, you know, the Wild West and, and all that. But I just don't think it, it it came across. I think people looked at it as kind of hokey. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where you go out and you say, I'm not going to redo what I did last year. I'm going to do something totally different. And we did. We did something totally different. And <laughs> I think a lot of people are asking for versions where they could just turn the narrator down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just, huh? just watch everything else. But, you know, but I have had some people that have said, oh, man, I loved it. It was funny. I liked yeah. the stuff he said. That was cool. That's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Matter of wow. fact, Sean Palmer. Sean Palmer said that that was his favorite one. I mean, if you, of all people. Oh, really? Huh? Um, he, he said he said he liked uh, the Great Outdoors too. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I, you know, I've done podcasts where people I've been like, eh, whatever, and people have been like, this is my favorite one ever. Or, or, you know, I'll do some of the I'll do some stuff where people will be like, I love that, and I'll be like, what? Really? So yeah, different <laughs> different strokes for different folks, right? Uh, well, wasn't that the one that you were in? Uh, no, no, I think I was in the third one. Third one, okay. What year did you start doing them? 2002. So that was 2003 when we did uh, the Western one. Okay, so... 2004 wow. was called Another Perfect Season. That's where Ricky went and won them all again. Jesus, you know what? I think I was in that Western one then. So now you know why people like it. <laughs> I didn't even realize the few, it. The, the few people that did or hated it. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I, I was mic'd up. For, I, I think you mic'd me a few times, but I definitely remember... It was probably that oh three season was good for Ferry, so it was probably that year. The other years he kind of yeah. sucked. So, um, <clears throat> well, he was hurt, but um, yeah, no, it, it, it's uh, it's cool. Hey, so what what kind of stuff did you have to take out of these of any of these videos that you wish you could have left in, or did you ever get some controversial stuff that you just said, "Hey, you know what? I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna go there." Anything like that? Controversial stuff. Yeah, like um, where you were like, "Hey, I'm going to put this in," and then you're like, "Nah, I'm not gonna." And you wish you, you know, could put it in. Or? That that happens. That happens a lot. Yeah, that happens a lot. You know, when we when we mic up people, mm -hmm. so many things so many things happen that you just think, "Well, I don't think we should show this." I mean, really? And it's it just it's just more of a something to where you don't want people to look bad. You don't want the right. sport to look bad, and you know, and I I just don't want to. Chop off, you know, chop off the hand that feeds me. Yeah. I guess you would say anything that you can tell uh, us on, on the show, like anything that's gone years past or anything, or any examples. I think that, I think that the reason why they didn't end up in there is why I should still probably not say anything. <laughs> not not say anything. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. So so yeah. But, just things that people say. Lot, yeah. But you know, a lot of footage that doesn't make it into the first one that, that, that goes out every year, we do the special edition, which right. has been kind of confusing for people. The special edition is a whole new movie based on all the stuff that didn't make it into the first one for that year. Right, right. So there is, you know, everything usually ends up going in because we do, well, we have, you know, for many years, we right. do two movies a year. We do the original one, which is, you know, yeah. last year was Man the Machine. The year before that, it was American Summer. And then in the spring, the following year in the spring, we released Special Edition, which is purely for the moto enthusiasts, you know, that just wants more. And we, we try to, you know, get everything that we shot in there. Right. So, um, uh, Did you get, did you get um, Porcell's heartbreaking at Paula? Did you get that crash? 
I have no one got that. I know, As a matter of right? fact, the TV guys were coming up to us saying, did you get it? Did you get yeah. it? And all I got was him uh, laying on the ground. Yeah, afterwards. I, I haven't seen the new video, and I know nobody got it at the races. We were all talking about it. The TV guys never got it. Nobody saw it. And, and so, yeah, yeah. You, you missed it, too. Wow. Uh, how much yeah, footage? Yeah, no, that, that happens a lot. I mean, every yeah. time there's a crash or something, it's very rare that someone gets it, and we always have to think of a, kind of a creative way. Like, what are we going to show if we right. don't have the crash? What are we going to cut away to, you know? Yeah. So we have to, that's a, always a challenge. A bike being pushed off or something. Um, how much, yeah. how many hours of footage do you have at the end of a weekend? At the end of a weekend, we have about probably 10 hours. Okay, yeah. You go yeah, we used to shoot a lot more. We used to uh, just, you know, I think now we're a little more experienced. We know what we need and what we don't need when the turn the cameras on and when not. But, right. you know, the problem is that when you're micing up people, you know, even when they're all the way over on the other side of the track, you got to keep it rolling because you can still hear them. And yep. You never know what's going to happen audio-wise. Yep. Yep. So it still is, I mean, still is a lot of hours, but we used to, <clears throat> well, we, we used to just turn on from morning till night. So we, we've yeah. gotten better at that, and we, we, we make our life a little bit easier in the editing room because we just learned. Yeah, because you, know, you just know, know what kind of works. Have you had anybody refuse to put the mic on? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's teams that there's teams that uh, don't want that just don't want any part of it. And I that goes back I to get, what we were saying in the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there there is there is a few teams, and you know <clears throat> we still go and we still ask them every year. <laughs> we yeah. go and we say, hey, we really want you guys to be a part of this. It's I understand. I mean, I don't know if I personally would like to have a microphone on me all day. And I'm, right. you know, I'm in this, I'm in this business. I mean, I, I have to ask these people to do this all the time. Well, dude, I tried if to, someone, film, if I tried, so, I tried, someone turned around it on me, I would get shy and I would think, Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember, uh, what were you going to say? I, I tried to film say. you at steel city. I tried to get you on the little show that I was doing and you were like, no, 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 no. And you were like, I just, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> when the cameras turned on me, I don't know. I just lock up. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I know. And oh, then so I, I, all day long, I got a camera pointing in someone's face. It's, it's not fair, really. Yeah. I, I just, it's I, not. Uh, have you, uh, have you had people like get into your face like Jerry Springer style? Never. No. Okay. Be, be, yeah. With with me like uh, filming something I shouldn't. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or somebody's just pissed that you're there, and they, they agree to it in the morning, but then you know their bike blows up, or somebody's bike blows up, and now they don't want you around. You know. So. Yeah, well, that's when I try to go hide behind, like, another rig and zoom in <laughs> and that's try what to le- get the shot. Yeah, that's what a lens is for. Right. Yeah. Um, really interesting stuff uh, to talk to you about about this stuff. I, I, I find it interesting, no doubt about it. Um, let's get into uh, your background a little bit. Um, are you a film major? Did you? How, why are you so into the, into the filming uh, of everything? How did that start as a kid? Well, as a kid, I, you know, I, I just played sports, and I mm-hmm. it was just all stick and ball sports. I grew up in the Midwest. Uh, oddly enough, there wasn't a lot of motorcycles around the, the town I grew up in. I grew up in a town that, that was right around the St. Louis area. And, mm-hmm. You know, it was, a, it was a small town. There was farmland everywhere, but there, there wasn't a lot of dirt bikes. I didn't know anything about that. And then um, moved out to California when I was in high school, and I went to school up in Northern California at San Jose State. And I was making a student film. I, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to become a filmmaker, and I was a film major. Oh, okay. And Greg Fox's one of the one of the Fox brothers from Fox Racing. Mm-hmm. His girlfriend was in my class, and I, I didn't know who Greg Fox was. I didn't know anything about motocross. Right. <clears throat> she was in one of my film classes, and she said, "Hey, 
you know, my, my uh, boyfriend, he works for a motocross racing company, and they, they do these motocross movies, and that was Terra Firma 1 was a movie that they just made. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, great. You know, I didn't think anything of it. Well, Greg ends up coming to the one of the uh, screenings for my student film, and he said, hey, you know, you should come and uh, film some motocross stuff for us because everyone was shooting video then, and they wanted to go back to film. They wanted to go oh, back yeah, to the yeah. days of of on any Sunday and right. shoot on 60 millimeter film because beta cam and video and VHS tapes, you know, during the, the eighties and during the eighties, I guess it was and early nineties, you know, that was like the new thing. Right. Kind of like, kind of like boogie nights, you know, the boogie nights. Right, right. Ever seen that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah. so they, they wanted to go back to film cause they just liked how it looked and they wanted that on any Sunday feel. So I went out with them and I shot, Team Yamaha went out to the Dunes, and it was Doug Henry, Damon Bradshaw, Kevin Windham, and John Dowd. I mean, that, that was like a—I had no idea, you right. know, what what I was getting into. And they just went out and rode a Glamis, and I was out there filming it and brought it back, and they they loved how it looked, and it kind of started from there. And my first job with them was a mountain bike movie. It was called Chainsmoke, and it was when Sean Palmer was into the sport that year that he went in and kind of stirred things up. Right. And uh, and then the right after that came out the the motocross movies we were already at Terra from the three Krusty two was there the Moto Triple X things had taken off so it was like right. well yeah these freestyle movies are are what's what's happening so I did a movie called Wrath Child and then I got the attention of Just Sirwell and No Fear and he wanted to do some stuff with me so I've been working with him ever since but it it, yeah. it was a total accident right and yeah. it's still. Girlfriend. I don't ride. I don't ride that much. I don't know a lot about dirt bikes, but I think that's the reason why I like to go in and get the story because I, mm-hmm. I just come at it like a student, somebody that doesn't really know the sport, and I just learn through the camera. You know, as yeah. I'm filming, and I kind of learn and ask questions that people that don't know about the sport would normally ask. So I think it helps. Yeah. You see, know. see, I would have had no idea that that was your that your background was so limited. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, as far yeah. as getting into it, you know what I mean? Like uh, that's that's funny. Girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, I, I have you know, I have to call up uh, Jeff and you know some of my other friends in the sport, Eric Johnson, guys like that, and I say, hey, you know, is this accurate? Is this cool? You know, do what? What exactly does Mitch Payton do? You know, I mean, <laughs> what what is it about him that makes his bikes this? Or yeah, what yeah. does he do? You know, yeah. I'm still learning that stuff because I want people that are like me that don't know a lot about it, right? You know, just to know and to understand and get it. So. Hey, does this? What do you think about this angle? Does this angle look cool? Would it be better if we showed this one from the back? And you know, I still every day I like to ask people that have been in it their whole lives to say, "That's a cool shot. This shot is kind of boring, and this is why." So I, I you know, right. I, I don't know everything about it. You know, I, so I have to rely on, you know, the people that do. And I think that that I think it's good though. I, I agree. I was just gonna say. I bet you. Yeah. I bet you that helps you. That helps you out. You know, instead of being some jaded old racer guy or whatever you know uh um i agree yeah. i think that's a it's a good uh good code um what about man i'll tell you what i just had uh jeremy albrecht on uh, the, my monday night show maybe uh i don't know a month ago i jeff emig on two weeks ago uh, i do these things on my website called classic commentary where i, I watch a dvd from a race and then mm-hmm. myself and somebody who raced that day or somebody who's into the sport commentate on what's going on okay. on the screen and <clears throat> I had Emig on the show, J-Bone on the show. I got calls from fans wanting to talk about Fresno Smooth. <laughs> and then I, for those classic commentary things that I just told you I do, I get probably one email a week or two emails a week saying, Mathis, 
you have to sit down with Emig or Albrecht and get them to talk you through Fresno smooth. Um, <laughs> I've seen Fresno one and a half times. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's required view. Talk about, but you directed it. So talk about the story behind that. And, 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 if, and if you still hear about it and if you have any idea how popular that thing still is. It's, it, it's one of those things that just won't go away. You know? <laughs> it won't, right? And poor Emig too. I mean, mm. you know, it won't. I mean, he won championships. He's done all this right. and that, and everyone, yeah. you know, just talks about Emigos and his cereal commercial. And, uh-huh. and then funny, uh, funny story. Loke dog. Oh, dog was in the pits a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> a funny thing too is um, Jeremy Albrecht, obviously the manager of JGR now. He uh, mm-hmm. Don Maeda was doing his video from Transworld, his pit pass video, and. Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know what possessed Jeremy to say fat ass Jack and Cokes and some white trash hookers, <laughs> but he did. And then he got in trouble. Somebody wrote an email, you know, to JGR oh, saying, Hey, you know, do you know your team manager is saying this, not knowing anything about the movie Fresno smooth. And right. so uh, Jeremy got in trouble for that. It's just, it continues to live on. Um, Every, everyone. Yeah. Everyone still gets in trouble from it. I, you know, it was it was probably what the best time I've ever had working on something. That, that thing took two years, and it was yeah. it started off as just like a little, uh, just a little project, you know. That mm-hmm. uh, me and uh, my partner at the time, Adam Barker, he wrote it. Um, we both, I shot it. We both directed it. We both produced it. It was just me and him and a couple other guys. We were just going out and. You know, it was the whole thing, and it was actually the guys from Fox, you know, said, hey, we're, we have this new brand called Shift, Emig's involved. we got mm-hmm. Seth Enslow. Wouldn't it be cool to do, like, those skate videos, like the Bones Brigade videos, where you do have, like, a story, and, right. you know, and then before you know it, Ron Jeremy was involved, and, and uh, Lemmy from Motorhead was involved, and all these guys, like Tony Hawk, and it just kind of, it was like one of those things that people said, you know what, I'll go in and I'll make fun of myself. We, we yeah. went in just to make fun of the action sports industry and everyone cashing in on the extreme nachos from Taco Bell and <laughs> all, all that stuff. And, it, and Yeah, it, it's just funny how that's resonated. And then you get guys like, uh, like Josh Hill. I mean, he wasn't even around or even in the scene back then, but he comes up to me all the time and he quotes the movie. Yeah, loves to it. To me, so um, even the younger guys you know, kind of see, uh, they, they, they still keep watching. And I think that, that I guess it's just one of those classics. And I, I, I can't even believe that we did it now that I think <laughs> about it. Like how, how, how that even happened. I, I can't answer that question, and, but and same with getting paid. all the same with getting all those guys somehow into it. Like you said, what an eclectic cast of characters, like just, yeah. you know, just one thing after another with that movie. Uh, did it make any money? No. It's funny <laughs> no. Getting, the, getting those guys in there. I think it was one of those things, this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard of. i got to do it. i got to do it. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It, it, didn't, it didn't make any money. Um, a lot of money went into it. Like I said, it went on right. for a few years. And, you know, God bless Fox Racing for continuing to, to, to do it. Oh, shift, shift. Shift, I have to yeah. Say shift, because that's, that's who did it. You know, God bless them for wanting to, to do this. And, I, you know, I think that they uh, they took a big risk, and I don't know if it ever really paid off for them, but definitely they ended up with a classic, you know, cult movie right. that just won't that just won't go away. And it, you know, it's it's followed me around. I'm sure it's followed Adam around. It definitely has followed uh, Emig around oh, and yeah. J Bone. Oh, for sure. But uh, I don't know if they hate me or if they actually liked it or what. But that's dude. The, I don't know. 
the the what they should do is put it put it on DVD and see how it goes. Re-release it on DVD. It, it is on DVD. It is? It's just re- it's just really hard to find. Oh. And there was a lot of stuff going on. Like one company bought it, and then they went bankrupt. Oh, okay. And it, it was just kind of a. It just got kind of lost in the shuffle, and I think that no one, everyone's afraid to touch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, huh? Because it's, it's controversial, and I don't know. That I was a different person back then, Steve. <laughs> different guy. Now. The, uh, the 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 hilarious thing was, I didn't even know you did it. I had no idea. I knew this Troy guy from the Great Outdoors because you know you mm-hmm. were around the scene, and I don't know somehow it came up, and and J Bone's like, I got to ask Troy about that, and I'm like, what's the Great Outdoors guy got to do with it? <laughs> Like, yeah. what's how's he? How's that guy gonna help you? <laughs> He's like, dude, that's yeah. the guy. <laughs> it's just, it was well, not not a lot of people know about it until now. But oh. it was it was something that I was, you know, I learned I learned how to be a filmmaker through that process. Like right, that, right. that was my that was my film school. You know, I just got out of college and we decided to make a real movie, not just like a a jump right. video right. or a, or an action sports video. We mm-hmm. wanted to go in and really make a movie with the script and with lighting and with sound and that was that was my film school. So I'll never, yeah. you know, regret anything that I did there. And it was it was just it was a different time. It was fun. I mean, we had no idea. We would go to, we went to the Steel City National the day that Emmy was ready to wrap up the championship uh-huh. and we asked J Bone Instead of writing lap time stuff on the board, we asked him to write stupid stuff like, you know, power up with your amigos as, as Jeff went by. And we, we didn't know how, how important, how serious racing was because we were all in this freestyle thing. You know, right, we were just right. in this different world. We asked them to park the, the Kawasaki rig outside to shoot like a commercial before the rig even went into the races. I, I don't think that would ever happen today, but yeah. I think that Flo had so much clout. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, it was just a, a different time, you know, yeah. we could, yeah. we could kind of do whatever we wanted. It was more like the wild west back then. Right. I mean, that was over 10 years ago, I think. You're like, Hey, yeah. Kehoe, we want to put some brass poles outside your tent. Is that cool? And have some strippers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's so funny. Yeah, no, it, it yeah. is just a different time. What, uh, what story needs to be told out there, Troy? What, what do you want to do? What, if you could, you know, if you had endless money and, and endless endless funding and, and all that, what what story would you want to be? What story would you want to do in our industry? I it, it for me, it's uh, it always goes back to well. Here's the thing that that I really want to do, but I just don't know if it exists anymore. And that's that's privateers. Mm-hmm. Do, do those guys still exist? The guys that roll up in their truck with their bike and and try to make a main. I, I'm asking you because to me that's they do That's the the most endearing part of our sport, but is it different now? Yeah, they do. It's still out there, but nobody. There's no privateers that do the whole series in the back of their pickup truck, and uh, um, you know, pretty much if you have any sort of support, if you're a, close to a main event guy, you're on a team of some sort, and you're, you know, mm-hmm. get figuring it out. The, 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 there is the local guy that rolls up in the truck for sure and tries to make it, but unfortunately, they don't always do that good. You know, um, but there, there's yeah. a story there to, to tell. It's just you may not end up with him getting carted off on the shoulders of, of you know, of everybody else as he wins. Um, I'd, I'd really, I'd just really like to do that with a guy. I mean, but you know, the part of the budget of the of the movie would have to be to financially support this person or this group of guys. Yeah, right. To get right. around to the races, but something about that just, I don't know. We did something called the privateers where we, we followed privateers, but I don't think we really did 
everything that we could to mm-hmm. really show, you know, why these people would go and, and try to yeah. try to compete with these other guys. But I feel like that the whole privateer thing was it was one of the most attractive things to me at first, but I feel like it's gotten a little it ha- lost yeah. or it doesn't really exist as much. No, it has. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't. Um, I think I was one of the last guys to drive to all the races. In O two, which Moto Triple X, I drove to every race in a box van. Really? Yeah, for Nick Nick Way, and uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know too many people who drive to every race now, you know. But um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be tough, but that's so. That, that's really one story you like. That's that's. Yeah, something yeah. about the, the the guy that uh, you know, right? That doesn't have a lot of money, and he's still you know going around the pits begging for parts, and it, it doesn't really matter if he does good or not. It's just you know. Can can he make it through all twelve rounds? Can he qualify a few times? Right, right. You know, it, it's. I mean, I think that's one thing that uh, you know we have a lot of these marquee guys, and you know we a lot of great personalities and a lot of great great characters and guys that you know win championships and are and are big names and the guys that you know will will sell a movie and sell a TV show. But I I wouldn't mind doing something with you know a bunch of no name guys just just as like a like a side project mm-hmm. and see if. Uh, we can, you know, kind of get that back, kind of get that, hey, I need to go and qualify, cash and back. Or maybe it's still there, but it's just I think I'm so wrapped up with what's going on around the factories that I, I, yeah. I just don't know it's there. You know? who, who are some of your favorite guys to, uh, to film or to mic up or any of that? Do you have any guys that you really like working with? I, this may sound like I'm, I'm kissing everybody's butt, but everybody is just so different. I you know and just they just they're willing to give me their time. Anybody that's willing to give them their, their time on a busy race day and in their busy lives, mm-hmm. I like all those guys. And it's hard. Every you know you go out and you're you're rooting for Andrew Short, you're rooting for Brett Metcalf, you're rooting for Alessi, right. you're rooting for Josh Grant. You're like you want all these guys to win because I, I you know I feel like that I don't know you, you just you want them to do good because you get to know them, you ask them right. deep questions, you find out about their family. So I, you know. Guys like you know Chad Reed, Kevin Windham, guys that have been around a while that are still doing this. It's right. just I, I I don't have any favorites, and uh, I don't even think there's anybody that I don't like, to be honest. Right, right. You're I, just you're a storyteller. You're there to let ever yeah. let everything unfold in front of you, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been, it's been great, and that's the reason why it, it keeps me involved is because of like the guys that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, there's just, there's just something about them that you you want to tell their story and you want other people to see their story. So that that's why I, I keep going to the races. Right, right, right. Well, man, I hope we keep seeing it on uh, on Fuel TV inside the outdoors, um, season yeah, three. Me too. Yeah, uh, Hangtown's coming up, so you should yeah you should figure things. Yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll be there regardless whether it's right. going to be for a DVD or for a TV show that that remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh what about yourself? Um uh has this been financially rewarding for you? I mean, are you making a living doing this stuff full time and and uh and can you yeah. see yourself uh keep doing it? Yeah, some some years have been way better than others. Right. The last 3 or 4 years, I mean, the the economy, I mean, we we felt it pretty hard too i think a lot of the sponsors just didn't have you know the money and not a lot of people were going out and buying dvds and buying movies but we 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 kept going we kept surviving we decided to scale back the amount of money we spent so it's always it's always you got to predict how many movies you're going to sell and then you back it out from there well if i want to be able to make a living then Mm -hmm. i can only spend this much which means 
you know, I can't rent the, the, the big badass cameras. I got to take less people, but you right. find out, you just figure out a way to do it and then just hope that, you know, something else is going to come along. And the TV show has been a lot better because it's been another, it's been another source of income and we're able to use a lot of the same footage that we shot for the DVD. We're able to use for the show as well. So it's kind of, it's kind of supplemented each other, but the, the, the TV show has made things better because yeah, like I said, the DVDs just, right. they're not flying off the shelves like, like they used to. And I, I don't think they're flying off the shelves for, for any, for producer, anybody. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 No, for sure. I got a, I got a free idea for you. And when you make millions on it, you can kick me down a little bit, but here, here's, your, here's your idea for your next DVD. And it, uh, trust me, it'll sell. What you do? Fresno Smooth too. Oh well, there's that for sure. Um, no, what you do, I think, is uh, you get some of these old timers together, uh, a Brock Glover, a Ron Machine, mm-hmm. um, any of these guys that still ride, Jeff Ward, RJ, get them together. You know, obviously, uh, good luck getting them all together. But uh, but get them together somehow. Take them out to the desert. Take them out to a track and uh, just have them ride. Have them mic'd up. Have them tell stories. You know, have them sort of reminisce about the old days. They're all bitter rivals back in the day, but they're all friends now, you know. And they can all laugh right. about the time they tried to break each other's leg in the 80s and, and this and that. But, uh, you know, they're all still active in the sport. They're all still riding, and they all got their own bikes and everything. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'd buy that DVD, and I think a lot of other people would too. That's a great idea, Steve. You're welcome. I'm a genius. I'm I'm a genius. <laughs> Um, I don't know how you'd get them all together. I don't know if you'd have to pay them. I don't know how that would work, but I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be, uh, it'd be cool. I've always wanted to see that. I have a thing for, you know, nostalgia of the, the eighties of riders and stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel like these guys never got enough credit and, uh, it'd be cer- cer- certainly pretty cool to, uh, see the dudes riding. So, yeah. I hell, like it. Hell, you know what you could do even is some of these, some of these OEMs have their old race bikes. You know, right. you could be like, "Hey, can I can I get your old race bike and you know fuel it up and, and get it worked on?" They start, they run, and bring that out, and the guy can get on his old race bike and, and you know ride in the modern day on his old bike. And oh, tell you what, why won't uh, why won't they have one final showdown, like one last race to figure right. out who's the best after all these years? Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> see, now we're now we're no, thinking. That's a, that's a good idea, man. Now I hope uh, I hope to see it happen one day and. Uh, Hey, you know, if you can get some money together, I'd be happy to work on it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll cut this part out of the podcast so no one can take our brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Thanks for uh, thanks, Troy, for doing this. I I really appreciate it. Uh, you've been on my list of podcast guests for a long time now, and um, I forgot about you. And then I bring you back. Then I forget. No offense. And then I'm finally like, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So uh, I'm glad to get you on the list uh, uh, to get people to hear the story behind. Your story. Yeah. That's so. uh, fun to talk about. Thanks for giving me the format to talk about what I do. And, um, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to keep doing it. And, uh, the fans that are listening to this. I, I want to thank them too for, for supporting us and for buying the movies and for watching it because, I mean, it's, it's all for, for the guys that are going to listen to this. All the people in the industry, all the people that are passionate about it. That's, that's what we do it for. So, um, I'm I'm thrilled to be on your show, man. I appreciate it. Do you have a you have a way for people to contact you for uh, ideas or anything like that or any anything like that? Yeah, I I have a, a new website that's up now. It's just called Adamitis.tv. Okay. And they can they can go and they can see some clips. They can 
see a little bit about us, see some photos. And uh, anybody has any ideas or wants to say hi or what's up or maybe things that they'd like to see in the future or mm-hmm. things that they like, don't like, I, I, I'd love to hear it. Cool. Right on. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And we will see you – well, I, I will see you running around the hills of Hangtown with a camera on and a camouflage vest in a few weeks. So <laughs> I can't wait. Cool. Thanks, bud. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by Racer X. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself that's it you know and it's it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that you know that i was going to miss the daughter ron machine until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying it's like beating a dead horse i mean you know and i know from personal experience did anybody ever sit me down of course they did everybody did go circuits mitch payton there's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. You know,